0: look at Luke chapter 2 we look at Matthew chapter 1 we look at these passages that all zone is in about the Christmas story well the Christmas story actually was projected 700 years before this came of course it was before then when they said a, a prophet would come and Jesus and all those other things but i'm saying when they actually spelled it out in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and there was one word that stood out to me like crazy and i wanted to share that with you guys just because i thought it was so cool this is the most wonderful time of the year. I have heard that said over and over again. People get excited. They anticipate what Christmas is going to be like. From the decorations to the things that they're going to hang on their house, to shopping, to the wrapping paper, to the parties. It's cool. It's different. You know why? Because we stop our normal routines to focus on something else. I mean, from the way that you drive down the road and see the decorations to every single store that you'll walk in, everything shifts. Everything pauses in life to shift on Jesus. Now the world wouldn't say that. But every time they say the thing, we're closed for Christmas, I'm saying, you're saying the word Christ. And without even them realizing it, they, they, are, they are out of their mouth admitting that this day, that we're going to stop for something called christ And How exciting is that for us? Now, a lot of times, for us during this time, there 's parties there 's activities there 's the events there 's all the things that we do uh, last Wednesday we had a party so tomorrow morning is going to be christmas we 're going to have fun we 're going to rejoice we 're going to celebrate it 's going to be like Christmas uh, as your family would have it, but only at church with your church family well but tonight, I wanted this to be different. I wanted us to focus in not just on the birth of Christ but why he came we, that we can 't let that slip our minds. we are Christians we We understand that Christ came to die. He came to die. He was born in a manger with the intent that 33 years later, he would die on a cross. That's what this is all about. If you're a guest with us today, communion does not save you. Communion does not make you any closer to God. It's something that he said to do in remembrance of him. He said, pause, stop in your busy lives remember what I did when I shed my blood. Remember what I did when I died on the cross. Remember that it was the sacrifice of Jesus that gave us eternal life. And that's by faith, putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Not by taking a piece of bread or drinking juice that is ever going to save you. Only Jesus can save you. Sometimes we get caught up in these religious things like getting baptized or going to church or taking communion, thinking that I'm better of a person. But in reality, you can go through the motions of these things and not know Jesus any more than you did before you started. Because it's in your heart, a relationship from your heart to your God that you confess him as your Lord and Savior and forgiveness of your sins. But I want to bring you back to how this started, because they were projecting 700 years That a child would be born, it says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. See, God was giving us a promise. God promised. He said, I will give you a son. And his name shall be called. And they gave a list of all those things. And I started wondering, we call Jesus Emmanuel during this time. And we call Jesus, uh, you you know, uh, Messiah and, you know, all the different things. But how often do we say, oh, tonight we gather together to worship wonderful. Wonderful. How often do we gather even at church and just say, here, I'm here today to worship the counselor. And I started thinking, how did those names slip our vocabulary when it came to his name shall be called? The more I thought about it, I'm thinking, actually, the prophecy is is wrapped around everything that we do. It's actually, those names are named all the time and we don't even realize it. Going back to my opening thought. You know, when people come up and say, hey, I love Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I thought, you know what? The very fact that you're saying that was prophesied 700 years ago. Jesus said, our God said, he said that I am, I'm going to give you a son and that son's going to change all of history and the world will stand back and say that time or my God or that God is wonderful. Wonderful. They're going to stand in awe of our God. They're going to stand in awe of what it is. And you say, the world doesn't even get it. I agree with you. They don't get it. But even then, they can't stand in the presence of this season and not put their attention on Christ, whether they're comprehending who he was or not. He came to be wonderful. Hey, guys, for us, this is the most wonderful time of the year this, this is a time that we stand... The word wonder means to stand in awe or to be awestruck. We're awestruck of the fact that Jesus was born in a manger for us. Now, I'm not going to take away what I'm doing tomorrow, but even the very fact of how He came as a baby had a powerful message. Of, uh, even the, the delivery of it, the, the aspect of the fact that the way that He came means something wonderful counselor the word counselor means the one who guides it it, it means literally if you were to say i'm making an appointment with a counselor you're going to somebody to say hey help me because i don't really know what's going on in life and i don't really know what to do or where to go and god said i'll be the counselor do you realize that every time you go to church you're walking in the presence to say tell me how to live my life better Tell, tell me how to get to heaven Tell me how to get the sin out of my life. Help, tell me how to overcome my guilt. And God said, oh, I'll be called the counselor. I'll, I'll be the one that is the way, the truth, and the life. I'll be the one that guides everybody everywhere, everywhere you go. And I promise you, anybody that's saved here today would stand back and say, hey, before I met Jesus, I was lost. That's the very words we use. We say, I was lost. I'm not lost anymore. You know why? Because I found the counselor that put my life on the right track. That's who we're here to worship. It said his name shall be wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. You know what baffles me about that? When it opens up and it says unto you a son is given. A baby. Looking at a baby and saying mighty God. Okay, you can't even walk. You're not doing all that wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God. But see, that baby grew. That baby conquered our sin on the cross. He wasn't a baby in a manger at the end of the story. He was the conquering king. And they might not have stood there and looked at him as the conquering king. Or they mocked him as that. But on the cross, he became our mighty God. Because that mighty God conquered our sin that separated us from heaven and God. He was the mighty God. And then it goes into personal. The everlasting Father. The father that at this time maybe there's bitterness coming around with the father that you're trying to avoid tomorrow. That maybe the dad that wasn't in your life or the dad that has let you down. But even the word father that he even was giving us that that understanding was personal. He was a personal God that stepped into real people's lives. But he said, I'm not just going to be that father, that relationship that I'm going to have he said, I'm going to be the everlasting Father. You know what he was saying by then? There will be no end to what God brings to us. It, that our God will never walk out on us. He'll never turn His back on us. He'll never let you down. He'll never disappoint you. He will be the everlasting Father. But then it concludes with, and He will be the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Peace means to bring Calm. You know what's ironic about that? When the Prince of Peace was born, the city he was born into was chaotic. You guys know the story. It was so chaotic that they could not even find a place to stay. To the point where Jesus was born in a stable. He was born in a manger. You say, how crazy is that? No, he came to give peace in a world that was chaotic. I think that's even demonstrated when they're on the boat and... Everything was in disarray and the storm was coming in and they were fearful. And they wake up Jesus and say, do you not even care that we're going to die? And Jesus stands up and he just goes over to the storm and he says, peace, be still. You know how he can give peace because he's the author of peace. He's the one that steps into our lives when it's crazy. He's the one that steps into our lives when nothing makes sense. See, for Christmas, for us, this is what we're celebrating and all of this was accomplished through the cross. All of this was accomplished that that son would deliver all these things. So now from the manger to the cross, we look there and say, he is wonderful. He is my counselor. He's guided me to this point. He is the prince of peace. When my life was chaotic, God brought peace to my life. He's my everlasting father. He'll never walk out of him. And he brings a relationship to my life. He is all of those things to us tonight. The last part, it says on there, it says to establish it with the judgment, with justice from henceforth forever and ever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You know that word zeal means the jealousy of God. That God was bothered, that something else was took control of his children he was bothered by the fact that we were lost in our sin and he says I'm going to do something about it and he said that zeal or the passion that I have for my children he said nothing can stand in the way of that and that's why we have Christmas he was born into our lives to be God with us